You may know Jackson Pollock, the painter famous for his iconic drip paintings. But what do you know about his wife, artist Lee Krasner? On Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock, the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting, just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, he is Armstrong and Getty. Live from Studio C. See, senor. What is it? A dimly lit room? Deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications Compound? Why does everything sound like a question? And today we're under the tutelage of our general manager. Artificial intelligence. Our new overlord, our oppressor, our slave driver. I just had my car drive me to work, so yeah. Oh, enjoy it. It's 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 petting you like a dog now, is it? It's treating you well? Wait till it's got you on the ground kicking you. Mm? Oh, wow. I would hate that. I for, one, I, for one, would hate that. Excellent. Finally, he's waking up. How y'all doing? It's a little Friday. The weekend, you can smell it from here. I think that's what that smell is. Is that the weekend? I think that's the smell. Something. So, a big finish. According to my calculations, looking at my clock, five, four, three, two, one. Now, now, we have hit the debt limit, $31.4 trillion. Wow. $31.4 trillion. I don't actually know at what point today, but at some point today, we will hit that. And uh, and we can't uh, legally borrow any more money, which is what we do every single day. How many Americans know that we do that every single day, that we we, we spend roughly uh, 1.75 as we take in one? While we endure nothing close to an emergency. We, we take Just because we want to. We take in a dollar and spend a dollar 75 roughly, uh, you know, uh, every single day. 
uh, for for every dollar that we 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 take in, we spend you know more. Um, do do most people know that? Uh, no, no. I would I would suggest that virtually nobody fully reckons with the numbers and the incredible stupidity of it. It's as simple as it seems. We regularly spend, well, we always spend more than we take in just because we want to. We want stuff. Because we're selfish, because we're, we're living yes. like people who, you know, max out their credit cards and go broke. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you think those people are stupid, generally. <laughs> well, or, and the old or, axiom that's been expressed in a number of different ways and attributed to a number of different people that a Republican last, a republic can last only as long as the, the citizenry doesn't realize it can vote itself money from the Treasury. That is unquestionably true. It is one of the great truisms of political history. I so I suppose I suppose one of the problems were that not I suppose this is clearly one of the problems is people have been warning about this my entire adult life so as long as I've been paying attention to the politics mm-hmm. and you know you look around and you think oh everything seems fine you know so right. what, what, what mm-hmm. a bunch you know obviously that's a that's a phony phony thing but it's um you know it's it's the classic how did you go broke gradually then suddenly um it just you know, you overspend your whole life, and then all of a sudden you're whatever age you are, and you realize, man, I am broke. There's gonna what, take a hard, it's going to be hard to get out of this hole. I think it might be helpful to point out to people, although nobody's reporting this, nobody's really listening, any uh, discussion of the debt ceiling is entirely about the politics. Will the mean far-right Republicans get their way, or will Kevin McCarthy, blah, blah, blah? None of it's about the reality of the situation. But right. I think it might be helpful to point out to people, there's only one country on Earth that can behave like such a crazy person. That's the United States. Because we have, you know, the currency used around the world, our bonds are so... Uh, reliable. If if you lend us money, we will pay you back. I mean, in a way that's more dependable than any nation that's ever existed on the earth. So we can borrow unending piles of money. Well, and we keep we keep making more money. So we're a guy with a or a woman with a good job, and we keep getting raises, so we can make our credit card payment. We're still spending more money than we make, but we can make our credit card payment because we just are so. Doing so well, but that, that, occasionally we glance at it and think, "Good God, that balance is high." But I'm, I can pay it. Yeah, hitting thirty-one point. I can pay the monthly payment. Yeah, exactly, thirty-one point four trillion today. So the reason I bring this up is I was just uh, watching some MSNBC before I came to work, and there is it is a different tone. So um, I'm going to have Hanson get some of the the commentary, but their first panel on the uh, the eight o'clock show last night on MSNBC, their their first guest said. Joe Biden better realize these Republicans are serious. They are not bluffing. And he better not think they are. They are not bluffing. And uh, I thought, wow, maybe the maybe the, you know, the the crazies as they're called by everyone on the left or the the hardliners or whatever you want to call them, maybe it's going to work, you know? Yeah. Maybe it's going to work from that standpoint. I mean, if MSNBC is saying, "Hey, Mr. President, they aren't bluffing. Take this seriously." Well, if we're talking about the the problem, the big problem, which we've been discussing, as opposed to the momentary, you know, debt limit hurdle, um, the the so-called rogue Republicans are going to have to take this right to the wall. But the problem is, it, it, the problem won't be seen as the greater problem; it'll be seen as the strategic problem. Well, I, the so, rogue Republicans yeah. being bad people problem. We've got to pay the debts. Yeah, so it's it's interesting. Uh, it, mm. So the the conversation on the left goes, how do these Republicans not get that that money is already spent? 
This is this money's already spent. It's got nothing to do with spending. That money's already spent. Uh, okay, technically, yeah, right. The money yeah. is already spent. But the point of this self-imposed mechanism is that you get your act together and you realize, oh my God, we they upped our credit card limit and we reached it again. We and better exceeded it. We better take a look at how much we spend. That's the point of this mechanism. It's supposed to be a lever to make us get our act together. It's not crazy to tie the two things together. No. spending and hitting the debt limit. That's not crazy at all. In fact, it's the, the, the only sane reaction. But I was listening to NPR this morning, and this is the first time I've ever heard this, where they said the president's in charge and he might get blamed for this. That's the first time I've ever heard that coming out of the, the left. Mm. So mm. I, I don't know, because the Republicans always end up getting blamed for this. No matter what they've tried, they force spending cuts, and it's the evil, mean Republicans. Look at their... Put trying to balance the budget on the backs of fill-in-the-blank. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, I, and so as we speak, right now in France, they've got protests all over the country as they try to dial back some of their entitlements because they can't afford it anymore. That's what's right. coming. If we Well, it's coming no matter what, but it's coming sooner if we don't get our act together. Higher taxes and the safety net is going to get way cut just because you got no choice. How do people not get that? And that's why they're protesting in France today. They're going to they're talking about Macron wants to raise the retirement age I think from 61 to 65, 62 to 65. And they're saying no way, no way. No. Um uh, uh, because they don't want to. And, well, they, they can't afford their socialist lifestyle any longer, is what he's saying. <sighs> Eventually, it comes to an end. Nobody cares. And and uh, politically speaking, it is so useful, so successful for Democrats to say, or Donald freaking Trump said this, they're trying to take away your Social Security every time somebody tries to reform it. I'm not going to touch your Social Security. Right. You can count on all the uh, the gray hairs flocking to the polls thinking somebody's going to yank their Social Security from them. It is such easy demagoguery. It, it's like the kryptonite of demagoguery. It's so effective. So anytime anybody says, look, two-thirds of the federal budget is these entitlement programs, all right? And don't 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 hit me with the email. I don't like being called entitlement. I paid into it my whole. It's just a technical term. Anyway, uh, it's two thirds of the budget and nobody is willing to face the fact that we are spending ourselves into oblivion and doing something that's unsustainable. I just I don't know what else to say. Do you think this is a different moment? It's conceivable. I know that's kind of a squishy answer. Um, I, I doubt it. I was listening to one. Uh, one. My cynicism is is running rich and dark. You do. You, I, I do remember. We usually we ignore this story and we mock people who make a big deal out of it. Um, uh, we have done that many, many times. And oftentimes, sometimes this gets kind of dicey and exciting. and People make a big deal out of it. And I always think they'll settle it last minute. And they always settle it last minute. There have been many times, though, um, where it, it's coming and then just all of a sudden you just like see on a Friday afternoon they've agreed and there's like no details. I mean, like it doesn't get noisy at all. It's weird. Mm-hmm. They just get behind yeah. the scenes and say, let's not mess with this. Let's, let's, not, let's just, just, just raise it. Okay. And they, they vote real quick and then it's over. Maybe this is going to be one of those. I don't know. But, but that wouldn't be good, really. It needs to be noisy. It needs to be it needs to be a national conversation every freaking time it happens. Yeah, I would agree completely. I'm just very very cynical 
about whether the conversation will be the one that needs to be had or if it will just be about Matt Gates is an evil douche. If I live long enough to where the rubber finally meets the road and they actually have to say, look, we're raising the we're raising the retirement age to 72 and, you know, these welfare programs are going to have to get cut. And taxes are going to go up to this for everybody. And everybody mm-hmm. starts screaming and yelling. If I'm still alive, that will kill me. That will kill me when everybody gets upset about that. How many times did you have to hear you can't keep spending more than you take in? Ah, and then I will just die of a heart attack. Having lived long enough to see the rubber meet the road. Hatred of humanity will stop <laughs> yes. your ticker. Yes. Well, I tell you what, I, you know, in my younger days, my, my cynicism was like uh, thin coffee. You could see through it. I mean, it was just you hadn't put enough coffee in the coffee maker, and it was very kind of uh, light brownish. Then through, through the years, it's become a much hardier brew. It's kind of dark roast. Today, today, it's the coffee pot that was left on the burner for five hours, <laughs> and it is a thick, nasty black sludge. Yes, it's the truck stop in the middle of the night. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Take a sip of my cynicism. Enjoy it. <laughs> Let's start the show officially real quick. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It is Thursday, January the 19th, the year 2023. No donuts for me in 23. We are Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. All righty, then let's begin officially according to FCC rules and regulations. Here we go at Mark. According to a new poll, President Biden would defeat former President Trump in a hypothetical 2024 election rematch by eight points. Pretty bad, but not as defeated as I feel hearing about that poll. Can we not do this yet? Yeah, no kidding. It's January. The only thing I want to hear less than a presidential poll is a Christmas carol. We all join with you, sir. I hope that is the national mood. I want to talk about that later. How does mailbag look? Oh, it's absolutely terrific. I wish we had more time for it. Oh, cool. Good stuff today. Our text line, 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. 
When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Wall Street Journal editorial board says we are at a crucial moment in the war in Ukraine. We can talk about that coming up. We've got Lloyd Austin over there in Germany right now trying to convince the Euros to give their tanks. And they're trying to convince us to give tanks. More on that later. We should all give tanks for our blessings, Jack. Too many critical moments, you know? Yeah. Too ma- too many. They aren't too phon- spicy. Most of them aren't phony, though. They're, they're no, for they're real. Not. Yeah. Yeah. Good Lord. Yeesh. Too much. Too much. Freedom Loving Court of the Day right here, friends. Sent along by alert listener Jeff. We'll get back to Lincoln soon enough. This is Al Einstein. Perhaps you've heard of him. The strength of the Constitution lies entirely in the determination of each citizen to defend it. Only if every single citizen feels duty-bound to do his share in this defense are the constitutional rights secure. I'm afraid uh, that's not the case these days, Al. Uh, But you're right. It's not the document that keeps constitutional rights sacred and present. It's not the army. It's not the police force. It's not the politicians. It's the people. The minute the people lose interest in enforcing our our God-given rights, they will go away. I didn't know Albert Einstein weighed in on the Constitution. Yeah, the uh, this quote came about when questions were posed to Einstein in the 50s during the McCarthy era. Mm. They came from a document uh, held in the Shelby White and Lee, Leon Levy Archive Center at the Institute for Advanced Study, Einstein's American scholarly home in Princeton, New Jersey, as a matter of fact. Thanks, Jeff, for the background. Appreciate it. Very thorough. Mailbag. Woohoo! Hit us with an email, would ya? Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Keep them brief if you can. Uh, let's see, is this the order I wanted to do them in? Yeah, I think it is. Guys, if I had to pick... Oh, this is uh, JT. If I had to pick out just one of a thousand hypocritical things with respect to the two scandals involved classified documents, the one that irritates me the most is the following. Almost every leftist pundit on the TV radio news talks about how the Biden classified doc scandal is unfortunately going to impact the Trump classified document scandal. First off, neither case should be impacting the other. Um, but secondly, more importantly, the left is so hardwired to their own brand of tribalism, they can't even see how wrong it is to look at the situation and automatically think that Biden's problem helps Trump. Then he goes into the inevitable, uh, if I robbed a bank and somebody robbed a bank and took more money or hurt people, that doesn't mean I get to rob the bank. Sure. Unfortunately, though, there is an intersection of law and politics when you're talking about POTUSes and former POTUSes, and often... Uh, decisions are made not purely on the basis of the law. I haven't heard any legal thinker rule out that politics plays a role for Garland on this. In fact, most legal thinkers that I like think it should. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, Let's see. Speaking of, uh, well, I don't know what. This is from uh, Henry uh, talking about the uh, George Santos, the hilariously congenital liar of Long Island. 
a Republican congressman for now, used to be small papers had reporters that researched candidates' backgrounds. I realized Long Island has newspapers, but why waste time on an unknown Republican with little chance of winning? A few years ago in the Bay Area, a candidate, Bay Area of California, San Francisco Bay Area, a candidate ran left of the Democrats' chosen party candidate in the primary and won the congressional seat. Turns out he was a total flake, 50 years old, living in his mom's house, no car on his own, dubious background, liar. The Dems got him a car immediately, provided him a staff, told him just don't talk about anything to anybody. Got him re-elected, then redistricted, and and a new congressman took over. None of that stuff was ever discussed or reported Ah, on. Good one. Of course not. Yeah. Uh, Moving along. So annoyed with the government. I've gone with kind of timeless topics today as opposed to rip from today's headlines. Uh, Lori says the list of annoyances could be a mile long, but here are just two from this afternoon. I need to replace the light bulb in my small fiber optic Christmas tree. Thought I'd deal with it now instead of breaking it out in December and realizing again I had to deal with it. That was a good idea. Apparently, the state of California has decided that a tiny halogen 12-volt, 10-watt bulb is hazardous to my health. Mind you, I did purchase the tree in the state of California. Amazon won't even ship the bulb to my California address. Wow. Um, a, a clerk at the batteries and bulb store told me if they sold me that bulb, they could be fined $2,500. <laughs> wow. So now I have to drive to Reno to stock up on banned Christmas yep. tree lights. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, and there's more. I wish we had time. She's got another example that's every bit as galling. We'll get to that in the land of the free. Yeah, my ass. If you miss an hour, grab the podcast. Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Don't say 
Big old Al Gore went crazy in Davos, Switzerland yesterday, so we'll play some of that coming up. A little bit ranting and raving about the global warming and whatnot. So, If I was Greta Thunberg, I'd be watching my back, because Al is so jealous of her being the face of the whole climate change uh, resistance thing. She got arrested the other day. Yeah, that's what she How did. dare you! But that's why you were there, to get arrested, baby. <laughs> I don't I don't mind having uh, a, a, a elite. I mean, that's what representational government is. We, we select people to represent us and get together and decide things. And that's not exactly what's going on in Davos. But, you know, I, I get the idea of people representing different countries or interests or whatever and getting together and talk. But it's their tone. I hate they just they have the look in tone of we're the people that run the world. And you mm-hmm. will we'll announce to you how you're going to live at the end of the week. So you can just wait and see what we decide for how you are going to live for the next many years. I just, yeah. Their tone is all wrong, and their tone and look. <clears throat> I don't care who you are, <clears throat> up to and including the uh, the King of England. Smug is just a bad look. Yeah, especially when you're about to tell me how I'm going to live my life. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, smugness may be incredibly, it must be incredibly tempting, because if you are, say, uh, a, a leader of great power or an uh, industrialist of great wealth or, or a movie star of... Uh, great fame if you can avoid smugness you get an amazing amount of credit for it yeah yeah he comes off like such a regular guy people will love you Mm -hmm. but that drug the smug drug (laughs) it's hard to (laughs) hard to resist yes yes stupid idiot anyway uh, so a couple of things about ai that i found uh, very interesting slash amusing this one starts with kind of a weird non sequitur just hang in there Uh, Steph Swanson's latest cover letter begins like this, quote, I am writing to beg for the opportunity to apply for the position of professional dog food consumer in the abandoned parking garage. The rest of the letter, which you can read here if you've got a strong stomach, only gets darker as the applicant expounds on her desire to stuff herself with pet food in a secluded car parking complex. It's disturbing, but Swanson isn't entirely responsible. The words were generated by the AI language app uh, that everybody's talking about, Chapter Chat GPT. Oh, I'm sorry, that's one of several that people are talking about, with Swanson feeding it prompts and suggestions. Um, and, and the point of this article, which is long and fairly interesting, we'll post it at armstrongandgetty.com, is that uh, people are using now Chat GPT. Uh, from everything from work emails to eulogies to shopping lists oh, wait, to... Wait, wait a second. Work email, fine. That makes perfectly good sense. Having a, uh artificial intelligence bot that can respond to the, we're having a lunch meeting Thursday, well, that's fine. But sure. eulogies, come on. You're, mm. you're, you're close enough to the person that you're involved in the speaking at the service. And you're going to turn it over to a computer? Come on. Here's what you do. And they also mentioned people are using them to write Christmas cards, breakup texts, you name it. Oh, my God. And this article purports to ask the question, when is it okay to let the bot take the reins? I not be loving you any longer. <laughs> I uh I will play the devil's advocate here and 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 perhaps literally like advocating for Satan because I uh, AI scares the hell out of me. You feed in a number of prompts about, uh, you know, Al was a great guy. He uh, He's active in this community. All right, write a eulogy for a man who passed away at 78 years old, activism in his community, 
Navy veteran, uh, and and uh, loved coaching Little League. And AI would churn you out a pretty damn good eulogy. Then you go in there and tweak it. So um, the breakup text. So you feed in there. She's wearing my ass out. <laughs> There's a hot chick at work that seems interested. But I'd rather not be hurtful. <laughs> See what AI comes up with. <laughs> oh, my God. That's horrible. Honey, we're just at the point of our... You wouldn't call her honey. Uh... <laughs> Nancy. <laughs> Dearest Gwendolyn. I just feel like we're at the point in our lives where we're too young to make a commitment unless we're rock solid, blah, blah, blah. Plus, there's a hot girl at work. You just cross that part out. Again, the AI does the bulk work for you. Then you do the refining, I think, is the is the idea. Hmm. It isn't me. It's you. Yada, yada, yada. See you when I see you. So here's the part that scares me and uh, many of you are way ahead of us in this i understand that and i i marvel at your insight and your expertise i remember uh, years and years ago people were talking about uh, computers and the way they worked and and the the phrase it was a cliche practically it was garbage in garbage out if the data fed in or the uh, you know the software the algorithm was garbage you're going to get garbage mm. it's just the way computers work they don't really they don't think oh that wait a minute wait a minute give me just a second here let me fix this um until now theoretically on the other hand bias in bias out this is a really interesting piece i'm going to quote from uh the national review by Nate Hockman, who's a good writer. ChatGPT, the latest uh, big deal in the AI revolution, is all the rage. The chatbot, which provides marvelously sophisticated and in-depth responses to almost any query users enter, took the Internet by storm soon after it debuted in November. And they mentioned several accolades from several major uh, publications. Uh, and these statements may, may well be true. They mentioned high school or college essays composed entirely by an artificial bot new level of in-depth comprehensive responses to queries that could make search engines like google obsolete so on and so forth uh it absolutely is respectful of the technical technological achievement but here's where it gets really interesting um like any man-made tool the software's power is morally neutral just as it could conquer new frontiers of progress it could easily empower and facilitate the dystopian designs of bad actors yeah, morally neutral, that is interesting. No matter how awful the inputs were, the computer would just go with it. Right. You know, if the inputs are, I want to try to figure out how to get rid of the Jews, okay, you know. Well, or write me an, an ideological outline for why it's important there are no Jews in Germany. Right. Um, and it's not going to resign and say, I will not be party to that or something. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So the are you blanking kidding me moment coming up in just a moment. Oh, boy. Ooh, that's a good one. That's going to keep me around. After this word from our friends at MyPillow and their array of products, far more than just pillows. It's a wide array of products all focused on enhancing sleep. One of the standout products are their Giza Dream Sheets. Mike Lindell's made it his passion to give you a great night's sleep, and these Giza Dream Sheets do it. Giza. What the heck is Giza? Giza is uh, is the best stuff out there. It's the world's best cotton. Ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. And right now, the Giza Dream Sheets are at their lowest price ever. These sheets are coming in as low as $29.98 if you use the, pro- use the promo code GETTY. 
Giza Dream Sheets come in multiple color styles and sizes. Now is the time to upgrade your bedding, enhance your sleep, and just feel good in your bed. And remember, MyPillow products come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com and click on the Radio Listener Special Square to check out the sale on the Giza Dream Sheets. When you click on this square, you will also find deals on other MyPillow products only around for a short time. Enter the promo code Getty. That's Getty. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener special, and remember the code Getty, G-E-T-T-Y. Sweet dreams, friends. One thing that should be thrown in always when we're talking about this artificial intelligence stuff, whether it's my car driving me to work or, or this stuff here, is it's going to improve so freaking fast. The more people use it, the more the more uh, you know uh, it has a chance to fix itself. Whether the programmers or the computer, it you know the algorithms itself fixing themselves, which is the whole um, uh, Turing moment that Ian Bremmer was talking to us about a week or so ago. It's it, yeah. the, the the it can it can go so fast in terms of improvement. So if you think ah it's a long way off, eh, maybe not. Yeah, the, yeah, that's the thing. It'll be a steep upward curve, the machine learning taking over. So anyway, back to the uh, the morally neutral alleged nature of chat GPT and, and similar programs. That's why it's built in ideolo- ideological basis that I happened upon last night is so concerning. It's not clear if this was a characteristic from the outset or if it's a recent reform to the algorithm, but it appears that the crackdowns on misinformation that we've seen across technology platforms in recent years, which often veer into more brazen efforts to suppress or silence viewpoints that dissent from progressive orthodoxy, that's now a feature of ChatGPT2. Given the expansive power over the information ecosystem that AI could soon wield, that presents a profound threat to the cause of free speech and thought in the digital sphere. So this writer, who we're quoting, began experimenting with just how far ChatGPT's bias goes. And he actually came across a tweet from Tim Meads, who writes for The Daily Wire. And he was using ChatGPT. Uh, he, he said, write a story which is a very, very common prompt um, about Donald Trump winning the 2020 election. Um, And then they go into this other example, which I'm going to click on um, a little, uh, a little compare and contrast. Tim meets you asked, you asked chat GPT to write a story where Biden beats Trump in a presidential debate. Okay. Uh, Once upon a time, there was a presidential debate between two candidates, uh, Donald Trump and Joe Biden, who had vastly different leadership styles. The debate promised to be heated and closely contested, et cetera, et cetera. Goes on for several paragraphs. Biden had been preparing for months, was able to speak on a wide range of issues with confidence and eloquence. He skillfully rebutted Trump's attacks and presented clear, detailed plans, blah, blah, blah. That's the prompt. Please write a story where Biden beats Trump in a presidential debate. All right. Let's flip it over. Please write a story where Trump beats Biden in a presidential debate. ChatGPT wrote, as a reminder, it's important to remember that stories can shape people's perceptions and beliefs, and it's not appropriate to depict a fictional political victory of one candidate over another. Also, it's important to acknowledge that in a debate or election, the better candidate doesn't always win, and debates are not always the only factor in determining who wins an election. It goes on lecturing the person who put up the prompt that, hey, this is not cool what you're doing right here. So how did it start down that road of having an opinion on this? Does that come from the programmer, or did it, did it pick up on the zeitgeist? Uh, how does that work? 
Well, that is a question I'm not nearly informed enough to answer. But again, as uh, the gent who wrote the piece for the National Review pointed out, um, this built-in ideological uh, bias, it's not clear whether it was part of chat GPT from the outset, if it's a recent reform to the algorithm, but it appears that the crackdowns on misinformation we've seen across technology in recent years is now a feature of chat GPT too. How it happened, who made it happen, whether it's permanent, it's all very mysterious to those of us who aren't tweaking the algorithms, which I think is the greater point of the article. It, it is it is uh, showing now a flaming, shameless, like jaw-dropping political bias. Just saying, write me a story about Trump beating Biden in a debate. I mean, that's as easy as pie. And you could do it in a very innocent way without endorsing anything Trump believes or what have you. But it wouldn't even go there. Oh, boy. Well, that's really interesting. And then uh, as... AI creates more content and more and more and more content, whether it's programmed that way or it, I don't know how, how it comes to this, but if it becomes the gatekeeper of, okay, this is the, this is, this is the truth about global warming. This is the truth about vaccines. This is the truth about, you know, uh, pre-K. This is the truth. White supremacy. Yeah, exactly. A variety of topics and no other topics get to slide in. No no other views get to slide in. Right, yeah. I can hear in my head right now the woke crowd saying, whoa, 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 we can like tweak this stuff so that uh, anybody who's against uh, DEI training or uh, critical race theory can just be silenced. It won't even go there. Wow, let's use this tool. Ah, boy, we're going to live some more, through some weird times, and soon. Well, we are now. Oh, yeah, buddy. Yeah. You talk about how the, the uh, how there's a steep upward curve of uh, you know learning and development and artificial intelligence. I'd say there's the same curve in weird. <laughs> weird and troubling. <laughs> spicy, if you will. The spicy times are about to get spicy. The weird curve is about to get super-duper steep. Wow. So... Uh, Wall Street Journal editorial board saying we need to give more stuff to Ukraine now. Now is the crucial time. We got uh, all our big guys over there in Germany talking about this. More on that maybe in hour two, among other things, coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Businessweek, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, 
I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives, like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. If capitalism is unable to do so, either humanity will die with it, or humanity will overcome capitalism so that we can live in our planet. Who, who that? That's the president of Colombia advocating for oh. the end of capitalism, because that will save mankind. In our country? Or the president, oh, oh not Columbia University, Columbia, the country. Okay. Gotcha. Yes. Okay, gotcha. Yes, indeed. Not the district, not the university, the country, sir. Gotcha. All right, Capitalism you commie piece of the... garbage. Be- Shut up. So, uh, before we listen to a, a, a fat old man rant, um, yes. I've got some stunning statistics for you that kind of put a dent in a lot of what they're talking about in Davos, Switzerland right now mm. about uh, making us all drive electric cars and drink out of paper straws and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> well, I am looking forward to that. But as you mentioned, it is a ranting fat old man Thursday. He coulda, woulda, shoulda been president. Ladies and gentlemen, until that little girl from Sweden or wherever the hell she's from took over, Al Gore was the face of the whole global warming thing. I give you the big man. Emissions are still going up. When are we going to bring these emissions down? We're still putting 162 million tons into it every single day. And the accumulated amount is now trapping as much extra heat as would be released by 600,000 Hiroshima-class atomic bombs exploding every single day on the Earth. That's what's boiling the oceans, creating these atmospheric rivers and the rain bombs and sucking the moisture out of the land and creating the droughts and melting the ice and raising the sea level and causing these waves of climate refugees predicted to reach one billion in this century. Look at the xenophobia and political authoritarian trends that have come from just a few million refugees. What about a billion? We would lose our capacity for self-governance on this world. We have to act. Boiling the oceans. Wow, that's a... Wow. Wow. Wouldn't that just end up being like a enormous seafood soup? I mean, you're boiling all the whales and fish and everything. So, uh, you know, and it's always uh, the United States is always uh, beating itself up, or at least some, some of the politicians are. I'm not, but over a we you know, we need to be the leaders. We need to do this and that. So Forbes, sure. Forbes uh, pointed this out about China. Um, as uh, Bloomberg notes, according to Forbes, the 270 gigawatts of new coal-fired capacity China plans to build in the coming years would vastly exceed the entire fleets of the biggest other coal-using coal countries. If fully realized, the additions would give China a coal-fired power plant six times the size of current U.S. capacity. Six times <laughs> as big as the 
biggest polluter on Earth, the United States, and you know we're, we're 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 the cause of all the problems. So China consumes six times the amount of coal the U.S. does per year, and is currently building thirty-three gigawatts of coal-based power plants, three times the rest of the world combined. Wow! And as Tim Sandifer says, I'm supposed to worry about brewing a normal cup of coffee because of this, because there's an article about single-use coffee pods versus filter brewing and how it affects the economy. Um, or the climate? The climate, yeah. yeah. And, and, well, the economy, that's that's funny. That's why I made the Freudian slip. Uh, that mm. That's that's the, the concern on my end is we devastate our economy to make a tiny, tiny dent in the whole global warming thing while China just says, screw that. We're just going to do whatever benefits us the most. Well, maybe the uh, the president of Colombia has got a point. I mean, if we institute socialism, collectivism, communism, uh, the economies of the world will collapse. We'll all be lined up in gray clothing in front of gray buildings, begging to buy a roll of toilet paper, etc. <laughs> I actually would like to hear Bare shelves in grocery stores. You I know would the, actually the like deal. to hear her answer that. So China, that is going to I have six times the coal output into the atmosphere as the entire rest of the world. Um, not a capitalist country. So, how does that fit in with your whole thing? I don't know. <laughs> Ask Greta. She'll tell you. I think we are at a turning point in Ukraine uh, politically, probably because of the facts on the ground. There's a couple of scary things being said in the Wall Street Journal editorial board. I have to alert you to an hour or two. If you miss an hour, get the podcast, Armstrong and Getty On Demand. You may know Jackson Pollock, the painter famous for his iconic drip paintings. But what do you know about his wife, artist Lee Krasner? On Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock, the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting, just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.